cliffcentral.com. All right, cliffcentral.com on a Thursday morning means the burning platform. It is your chance to hear what is going on in current affairs. We catch up on all the goings on with politicians and people in society and economists and all the things that affect your life. And today is no different. We're going to be joined in a moment by two very special guests. I just want to point out because one of our, um, one of our clients at Cliff Central said, so is the burning platform available now, now that uh, you don't have that sponsored anymore? <laughs> so I said, yes, absolutely it is. So there's an opportunity here if anyone wants to get involved. I mean, let's not mess around, right, Pums? It's only been a week. But if, uh, if anyone wants to pick this up, if you and your business have balls, the burning platform's available. Get hold of us. Contact at cliffcentral.com. Um, and, and there, there are lots of people who are very interested. So I'd like to see who we end up with, um, as a brave sponsor of this. Let's see who we can pick up. All right. Before we get into, uh, into the burning platform, let me no, introduce. We, I think we must also tell everybody mm. to like and subscribe. Ah, good because idea. the liking yes. and subscribing yes, good is point. another way that yes. you show your love for Just like and, yeah, su- like and subscribe. Like and there. subscribe. Says there, that one. No, that, <laughs> I can never do that properly. All right. Let me introduce our guests to you this morning. First up, uh, he is a famous actor. He is also a person who is not afraid to say what he thinks. He's been in many uh, productions, television and otherwise, uh, movies, Sivan Gessi. I mostly bump into him in New York because he's that kind of international sort of person. But he's with us this morning, and Sivan Gessi is not afraid to say what he thinks. He's been very vocal on social media leading up to the elections and since. And uh, Siv, it's always nice to see you. How you, dude? Good you, brother. How things with you? Um, hey, it's a rough week. It's a rough couple of weeks for you. Eh? Yeah, it was hectic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, the hey, the blacks were yeah, they were there for you. Damn it! Am I allowed to be here? Hey. Uh, <laughs> well, it's nice to listen. I'm happy to see you, and uh, we're going to talk in a moment about all the things you've been saying lately because you've. Uh, Hardly shut your mouth. I don't know why you also look for trouble. I mean, partly it's it's my job, and for you, you don't have to, but you do. You love stirring people up. I, don't know, I just say what I feel, man. I, I say what I feel, and I'll never hold back. The day I hold back from saying what I feel is the day I'm going to have to reevaluate who I am. <laughs> do you go and vote on uh, Monday? Yeah, I was there. It took me three minutes. In and out like bad sex. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shame. Three uh, minutes. Yeah, Pumi, was, uh, Pumi thought she was on the list, and then she found out that she wasn't. And she, she waited for only a few minutes, but eventually decided that she couldn't vote because she'd have to travel across to the other side of Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. Hey, very unfortunate. A lot of people did that in Soweto as well. Look where the ANC is now. <laughs> <laughs> and the other guest this morning is Dumo Denga. Uh, Dumo is uh, well known to us, the, the host of the Man Patriot podcast. He's someone who's also very vocal about uh, politics and doesn't mind getting into trouble on social media. Dumo, did you go and vote? Yeah, I did vote. Um, here's the mark over here, but it's very faint because I actually tried to wash it off. Yeah, I, I voted. Tried mine too. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, it was uh, not a bad experience. Uh, I was in and out of there about like 15 minutes. Okay. Uh, and I didn't vote in the district where I lived in. so. Oh, really? I had to just travel. No, yeah, that was the case. So I you got to register. Oh, that's embarrassing. You forgot. No, you're different. You forgot to change your address, man. 
Yeah, that's that's that's. You know, this is. I, I just found out that when the post office used to work, that used to be one of South Africa's biggest problems. South Africans don't change their address, so the return to sender mm. was always such a problem because South Africans don't change their addresses. That's on the voters' roll too. It's one of the things that they're suffering from. So, did you only get to vote on the proportional representation part of it? No, he voted on both. Oh. oh, you voted on both, even though you weren't in the right uh, right area. How, how did you get that right? Because yeah. I, I thought if you if you were in the wrong place, like uh, let's say you were on uh, on business in in another part of South Africa, or you were, were on holiday, you couldn't vote there. No, that's not vote. what he's talking about. So I don't understand. I'm explain, saying that explain it to me like an idiot because I clearly am. <laughs> no, um, so I live in one area mm. and. The where I registered to vote is where I used to live. Okay, so I had to go travel there. Yes. Oh, oh all right. Okay. I got you. Okay, so you still got yeah. to vote, but you had to move to the new area. So do you have to update yeah. your details now, and then next time you don't have to go to there that that place? Yeah. So yeah, the next uh, registration roll, I will change my address at the appropriate place, and then yeah, and then I will make sure. But the next registration. Okay. So here's here's. Um, Gareth, I'm going to explain it slowly, like mm-hmm. when I do to Ganech. Thank you. When, when we vote for national mm-hmm. and provincial, you just have to be in the province. Okay. So you can vote anywhere at any voter station. It is only when we vote for the council, municipal elections, like we did this time, mm. that you have to vote where you live. Because okay, that makes sense. Remember, yeah. I was telling you, it's, it, this is about, so this is about your city. It's about your suburb, and that's why you have to vote where you live right. because you're making decisions of who the person that is going to be in control and in charge in that small area of South Africa. That's why you have to vote where you live. All right, so so listen, everybody, uh, let's, let's get into this election result thing because today is the perfect day to do it. We couldn't have done this yesterday. There weren't enough uh, numbers in, and we certainly couldn't have done it the day before. So now finally we, we're at a stage where we can start looking at these things. What do you think the major moves are? And I'll start with you, Dumo. Um, where do you think the, the major movements are? What do you think the surprises are in the results of this election? Or is most of it predictable and much of it is stuff that you would have expected? Um, w- what are your top-line takeaways for the election? Okay. Okay, my top line one is in the city of Johannesburg. Um, I think there is a lot of opportunity for coalitions there. Um, I know in 2016 there um, there was also um, some coalitions formed, but this one is a bit different because now you've got Action SA in the mix, um, and if um, they actually have a coalition with the DA, they could get about like 41%, but then also the EFF can also team up with... Um, the ANC, and then they can also get um, a decent majority there. So it is, um, I think for me, that is the, the, the big one. And I mean, obviously, um, another, um, another point to take um, is that Action Let's Say has won some wards. EFF mm. has also won some wards as well. Um, KZN, DA uh, have, have won some wards, which is great. And then, you know, D, and then also in the Western Cape, I think it's not surprising, DA still has a majority. But, um, you know, it's, it's slightly decreasing, but many will attribute that to voter turnout. I mean, voter turnout was not good at all this year. It's was sitting at about 46.6%, well, for the whole of South Africa. And, um, yeah, that, that is not, that is not good. I mean, now, now some people 
may th- say it's a good thing. Some say it's not a good thing. I mean, I had a show the other day and one person said it wasn't a good thing because there was an opportunity to vote and people didn't vote. And uh, another, vo- another person called in and said, no, this is a good thing because um, it shows that um, probably this, you know, this government is getting less and less legitimacy and people are doing their own thing, which means more freedom. Mm. So that's pretty much my analysis on the, All right. on the election so uh, far. Siv, uh, you, you've been very vocal about telling people that you, you expect them to vote and that they should go and not vote for the ANC. I mean, you, you really smashed the ANC on Twitter. Uh, what, are you getting any, any bad uh, negative feedback from them? I mean, have they even reached out to you and said, hey, will you shut up, please? Just, just give us a chance. So, so the ANC for a while has been reaching out for me and, and going, stop attacking us, join us, help us fix it from the inside. Uh, and I've refused. Um, uh, but it's, it's quite funny. A few years ago when I used to take the ANC, it wasn't fashionable then, right? Yeah. So, but I used to get a lot of pushback. I used to get a lot of pushback. And now I'm not getting any pushback at all. Um, even people internally in the ANC can see that shit isn't there in trouble. Uh, and I hope it gets worse and worse. I hope the ANC suffer. And I hope we, we I, can, I can live in a time where ANC is just a party in the background struggling for votes here and there. And they're a thing of the past. Yeah. Um, and I'm unapologetic about that. And, and obviously going to the polls in Cape Town, you guys did have rain, as Dumo said. Uh, weather was a factor. But also with all these little parties, are there any of the little parties that grabbed your attention? Especially in the Western Cape where you live. I must be honest, I'm biased as hell. Uh, I'm very, I'm best friends with Musi Mamani, so I gave the West Africa a vote. Uh, realistically, I'm giving my friend a vote. Uh, I did some work with them during the um, lockdown uh, time. Um, you know, they were doing a lot of stuff on the ground. Uh, I've got a feeling they're going to grow. I really believe in him, and he's the only politician I really trust. So I gave him my vote. Okay. Um, and um, but that was more of a personal one. Uh, but the independence, man, I'm very proud of the independence of all the kind of stuff that they're doing. But I hope we keep up the momentum. I hope Action SA doesn't become like Cope. You know what happened to cope? Yeah, uh, they couldn't cope. Uh, but uh, for me, the, the only thing that I am really loving is the ANC taking a massacre. It's a bloodbath, and I look forward to them suffering more and more. Uh, and yeah, man, I'm going to be leading the forts until uh, the national elections. Down with the ANC. <laughs> All right. So no, no um, half measures with you. Uh, Seven guesses. You, you Down speak your mind. Down to the end. So uh, you mentioned Cope. I noticed Pums, and you remember we spoke to Colleen, uh, who was running for mayor of Johannesburg. She was the candidate for Cope. <laughs> but Cope really had such a shitty turnout and such a shitty uh, result here. They should pack it up now and go home, don't you think? It's over <sighs> you, for you them. It's really they, over. They got. Let me just look at the total numbers here. Cope had point. They won't. Point two percent. Of any of the votes anywhere, they won't pack it up and go home. Unfortunately, because that's just that's the way politicians do. But I think one of the things that we're not talking about enough as yet is the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. So everybody's down. Just I I was so glad when I saw the numbers coming in. I was I was glad and I was sad. I was sad because a low turnout is actually very concerning, not just for the politicians, but for everyone in South Africa, because what that means is it means a lot more people are opting out of the system than being in it. So it means that the disgruntled are 
still disgruntled, but they have no pressure valve release. Yeah. You know, the elections is like a pressure valve release. Right. So what what we're going to see, because they've opted out, they feel disgruntled and they feel unrepresented and unheard. We're going to see a lot more um, of what is termed service uh, delivery protests, but actually it's just protests of the disgruntled, right? It's like, it's you know how sometimes when you're hungry, you get angry? It's called hangry. Yes. We're, we have a lot of South Africans that are hangry. Mm. So last night, even as we're talking about 8 million people showing up to vote, last night, 30 million odd South Africans went to bed with no food. So they... they yeah. No, that's 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 the, truly something we should be worried about, not which party got the most percentage points here or there. there there's going to be a oh, lot oh, more protests. Like <laughs> there's going to be lots more protests. <laughs> but the thing that we must also be looking at is, is yeah. these coalitions, as they're getting ready to, to govern, is what they're willing to concede, right? Because the horse trading that they're going to get into is not just for the big portfolios of the executive of who's the mayor, who's the speaker, but also who controls what purses, right? Mm. So who is who is the MMC for what? Because that's actually what we're talking about. It's we're talking about who runs the sewage system and make sure the roads are working yeah. who's making sure that the traffic lights are working who's closing the potholes that's what we're also going to be seeing is who is going to control those things for me what's also very concerning is you see everybody coming up and saying we're not going to be talking to so and so we're not going to be i'm just like hmm. <laughs> yeah you know so this is interesting and, and duma's laughing already pums but i did hear um, in the lead up to this for example, the EFF says we will not get into bed with the ANC, right? Then you hear Herman Mashaba saying, I'm not really that thrilled about any ideas about coalitions of the DA. Then you hear the DA saying, well, we're not going to mix with anybody who doesn't have our values. So all of these people, and, and all of them did a, a Sivangesi and said, we're not interested in ANC. And yesterday evening, Fikilim Balula went on TV and said, well, we don't necessarily want to be in bed with you either. You are like Casey and Jojo, him and Mashaba running around here. That's what he said. No, really. So obviously they're going to, a lot of them are going to go back on that, right? I mean, Dumo, you don't think that they, they mean that. They'll do what they need to do. Siv, you want to say something first? I just want to say, I, I just want to say something. As a single man who's always looking around, sometimes I meet a lady and I'm like, I'm not going to go to bed with her. And then it's end of the night, I'm in bed with her. Sometimes it happens. There's no judgment. You know what I mean? So you mustn't speak too early. You mustn't speak too early. Delay the talking until the next morning. And that's what an astute politician would do, right? That's one of the things that I, I've kind of noticed is I'm looking at him and Mashaba and I'm going, so he isn't as a position of power, but he's already painting himself into yes. a corner here. You know, right. so you you're going you're going into a negotiation, and you're going into the negotiation with pronouncements. Mm. You go into negotiation, and you hold your cards close to you, and you know what you want, and you have a strategy for what you want to get out of it. You, but you don't go in there like you know, dick swinging. I'm not going to do this. No. <laughs> Hey, nothing's wrong with swinging your dick. Nothing's wrong with swinging your dick. <laughs> so, Pumi, uh, just on that note, and I do want to come to you now in a, in a second, uh, Dumo, but wouldn't it be to the ANC and the DA's advantage for the two of them to sometimes just 
leave the small parties out and actually come to a coalition and surprise everybody because there are ways that they could work together and check on each other. Or am I? They're going to be in a coalition. They're going to be in a coalition. I think so. There probably will be places where the ANC and the DA need each other because there aren't enough votes. So, Dumo, where do you think this is going to happen? Um, these coalitions, mm. um, they are going to, I think it's the coalitions definitely in the uh, Johannesburg um, municipality. I think that was going to be the big one because that's where you start to see a lot of these splits, these nice splits. So as I said earlier, um, the Action SA can actually team up with the DA, but it won't be enough to actually for a ANC and EFF coalition. Right. So maybe if the DA and the ANC join, uh, join forces, they could also be in a coalition as well. And also going back to the dick swinging and stuff like that, I think that's just done um, <laughs> just for the supporters, just to show the supporters, look, we're still tough. We're still out there. We're still trying to show you that, you know, we stick to our values. But of course, beyond closed doors, we know what's going to happen. They are going to negotiate and find something. But there's no longer closed doors. Part of the reason why South Africans have lost faith in the politicians Mm -hmm. is because they come out with these big pronouncements. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. And then have to do that. And so then the, you know, kind of the voters looking at this and thinking, "Mm, you said you weren't going to do this and now you're doing it. So that's the problem with the big pronouncements. That really is what the problem is with the big pronouncements. You know, is but remember last week, Gareth, I said Nelson Mandela Bay mm. is definitely one to watch very closely. Yeah, you were right. And I said there's going to be lots of hung councils. But the Nelson Mandela Bay numbers have been shocking for me because you would think that the people of Nelson Mandela Bay who have lived for the past five years in the worst form of coalition, worst form of yeah. coalition, the DA they made made a deal with the devil, as it were. The UDM was a bit of a kingmaker in the space, and and they were unable to do anything. Mm -hmm. It actually deteriorated the the council so badly. And that's what we've got to kind of look forward to, more of that, because our politicians haven't learned anything about politicking. uh, Looking at at Nelson Mandela Bay, so the DA and the ANC each have 48 seats there. So it's it's really it's too close for, for either of them to claim any kind of victory, both at 39-odd percent, uh, which means that the, the kingmaker role falls to the EFF. But I do think it's also valuable in many of these places to look at the performance of – we mentioned Action SA, who've done really well for their first election. And, you know, you, you've got to credit them with having chosen to be strategic about certain metros. So they concentrated their focus on Johannesburg, Pretoria, Durban, pretty much. Um, and, and that, I think, has reaped rewards for them. They look good. They've come out. In some places, they are the, the third biggest party now. Um, and the other party that did very well is the Freedom Front. You know, we, we kind of disregard anything below number four on the list, but the Freedom Front is there in almost every single one of these municipalities as the fourth or fifth biggest party, which is, again, very, very impressive for them. And they've they've expanded and extended their lead in certain places, too. So that's not one to just disregard. Oh, no. The, in fact, the Freedom Front, what Action SA and Freedom Front Plus have done is they were in my view, they were the DA's biggest Achilles heel sure. because they were snapping on both ends yeah. of where the DA's vote is. You know, and, and unfortunately for the DA, they took a stand which 
alienated a big part of what Musi had done and brought on to the, the party. Mm. And so they lost that to Action SA. And they took a stand, which was a little bit of a soft stand from where the FF are, where FF were tough about what it is that they stand for. The DA was a little bit soft about it. And so they lost those votes too. Across the board, I was looking at Davi's numbers mm. and almost everywhere, the DA, you know, in, in DA strongholds, they've lost some ground. Yeah. They've lost some ground and that's unfortunate but it's also feedback all right yeah absolutely so so what do we think this means for for national and provincial dumo i mean how do you feel about where that's going to take us and also these small parties you know they, they've they've really a lot of them have punched above their weight they do deserve some credit uh and and i think they've all made a very good showing which will irritate the da and the anc because those two think that they've got an automatic entry into everything yeah, uh, th th that's true. Um, I, I think um, going forward, um, the small parties are going to play a much bigger role um, in the elections going forward. Uh, I mean, I just looked at the national, um, you know, collection of votes now, and already ANC is on 45, DA is mm -hmm. on 21%, and the, EFF, and the EFF is on 10%. So already you can see if this was the result of a national election, for me what this shows is that, well, look um, – the ANC and the EFF can't team up and just, you know, push whatever laws they want. Like, you know, the whole expropriation of land without compensation and going mm. down the road of socialism and whatever. So I think that now if it stays like this or if it reflect, if we have similar results in the, in the national election, the smaller, the, the ANC and the EFF and the DA are going to have to team up with smaller parties and they're going to have to, um, convince them to come on board and stuff like that. And the nice thing about it is that these smaller parties also have um, stands on certain issue, which means that they're going to have to meet halfway, which means that the ANC and EFF won't be able to push down the, the, you know, push down the road of socialism. So I'm kind of happy, and I hope it ends up like this in, in the next one. Um, so I think ANC is going to have to give away more food. I think, I think ANC is going to give away a lot more T-shirts and food passes in the next election, my friend. I think I think if the ANC don't realize how much trouble they're in and do something different, I think they would be naive and stupid. But um, let's hope let's hope they're egotistical. And for me, I, I would think that the ANC would have to come out and be accountable and go, "We messed up. Um, we've had a terrible term. We need to fix things. We need to be better. And we're not 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 we're not being naive about the the, the numbers." But I don't think those old those old stalwarts won't have that. I think they're going to go in and I think they're going to steal more and they're going to be running out of time and they're going to steal and be just as incompetent. And I think that's perfect for us. Vuzi Tumakwaya said to me once, give the ANC enough rope to hang themselves. Yeah, but but it's do you hope, think... Uh, it's it's, it's more than just that, though. It's, you... It really is more than just the hubris of the ANC leadership. I think what you're seeing is you're seeing history come to play. We're 27 years in now and worldwide history shows us that liberation parties that's what they have they have yeah, plus minus 30 30 years they've got 30 years whether you're looking at israel or you're looking across africa that's what they have 30 years and the anc is at that watershed and 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 unfortunately for them they have they failed the test so they failed the test and we have a is... lot more people not voting not voting because they they know nothing but an incompetent ANC. They don't have memories of apartheid. 
they don't remember apartheid. Yeah. They don't remember a time before the ANC. They just know ANC incompetence. All right, so two questions for all of you on that front. I mean, the first question is, is that the end of the ANC then? Are they ever going to be able yes. to recover? And if they gave out millions and millions of food parcels and if they tried really hard and if they started putting fear into people or whatever they had to do, because you know what politicians become and political parties become like when they're under threat, is they do sometimes deploy weapons of fear and all kinds of other things. And maybe the ANC still has some of those cards up their sleeve. Who knows? First question, do you think they can fix themselves? And is there any way to them ever going up in the in the polls again? And number two, and this is with respect to Duma's point about the EFF, what, what, what was their strategy? Did Julius actually want – because I saw an interesting point yesterday on social media. I saw someone make the point that the EFF didn't want to win any wards in this election because if they won a ward in this election, they would have to manage that ward. And these guys are not managers of municipalities or of wards. They are politicians who just make a noise on the national stage. The EFF's big game is the national stage. It's not the municipal and local. They don't want to run a municipality. Did you? Did you well, feel- they now have 17 wards. They now have 17 wards. It's what up to this point what they have won, which is for the first time ever that mm. they do have wards that they're going to be looking after. But Gareth, and I think I've said on the show before that the EFF's only reason for being is to pull the ANC to the left. <laughs> that's that's what they're there for. It's yeah. to pull the ANC to the left. It it is not necessarily to be a ruling party. I mean, they've been handed, guys, they have really, they thought they were going to do better this time. They were making big pronouncements. They have, in my view, they have plateaued. If you look at the the kind of rate of growth that they had when they started out and and the kind of, they have, they've won some places, they've won wards, but they have actually, overall, they have lost ground. They have lost ground even in places where they had some. They they minus three percent, minus up to minus eight in some places where the people have voted for them before, but people have stopped voting for them. So they've the problem with the the problem with EFF is that a lot of the supporters thought they can uh, vote on Twitter. That's where the problem happened. <laughs> they they thought we are going to vote. Where do we like and share and subscribe? And that's what happened. A lot of them didn't even register. <laughs> well, somebody says here that. But um, for me, uh, sorry, I just wanted while you're talking about this, Kawe uh, says um, the the DA lost when they came on the burning platform when when John Steinhazen was on here the other day. That's not true, but what is interesting, so it was interesting, and I saw this, um, I just want to quickly look at this and, and, and refer to it because I do think it's valuable information. So a lot of people were talking about Phoenix, right? When everybody said all those very racist uh, posters in Phoenix, well, um, you remember the, the media saying that the DA exploited fear and deepened divisions with those posters. Uh, in the election results, the DA won with a clean sweep in all five wards of Phoenix. So maybe from a purely politicking point of, politicking point of view, uh, the DA wanted something there with those posters about the ANC called you racists, we call you heroes. I'm just saying, if someone cuts this segment, um, my face is going to be on this particular comment. Just letting you all know that it's not a clean with the posters in Phoenix. And I don't know what character is talking about. I'm joking. 
Um, so you know what is interesting talking about the DA though, which some of the number crunching that we've seen. So the DA's um, electioneering was on the we get things done, which yes. was a great strategy and an unassailable strategy when it comes to communication in my view. If only they'd stuck to that, they I think they would have done better. If they'd stuck to that, but strategy is one of those very difficult things. Um, but what I've found very fascinating looking at the numbers coming back. Now, DA is city of Cape Town is their number one shining example of how well they do in the municipality. And also in some of the wards that they're in. And then when I looked at the numbers, I was quite surprised. I'm surprised that the number that the DA has pulled in in the city of Cape Town because they've lost ground there. They've, they've lost ground. A lot of people outside of the city yes. have not voted for the DA. So they, they still are the majority and they still are the lead, but they've lost ground. And that says to me, again, it's feedback, right? It's feedback that says there are people who live in the DA-controlled city of Cape Town, province of the Western Cape, who feel that the DA does not deliver the way that they say they deliver. And then when I look across the board, so I look at Nelson Mandela Bay, I thought the DA would do better in Nelson Mandela Bay. I knew it was going to be a close run, but I thought they would do better. Uh, even Helen Ziller kind of like freaking out on Monday, just kind of trying to get to the 50 plus one. They lost there. You know, they've got down also about 5%. They've got down. Again, it's like, hmm, an indictment for the DA. In Swade, they've gone down by 9 percentage points. Like What? They've gone down in Eguruleni. They've gone down in Johannesburg. Mm -hmm. they've, you know, I'm just like, that's bad feedback, guys. That's not good for the DA. That's not good for the DA no. because this, these are people who have had experience of the DA's we get things done. And they're saying, mm -hmm. actually, DA, I'm not sure you're getting things done. Um, a lot of people were saying, should John Steenhuisen step down because his results are worse than Moosey's or Helen's? He, they've set a precedent now. Mm -hmm. If you're a leader and you and you don't do well, you step down. Mm -hmm. He must step down. What do you think, Duma? Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I mean, I, I think most of the the DAs and ANCs, um, you know, results. Uh, again, it's mainly due to the voter turnout. I think that if we, if there were more people voting, they would have done uh, better. Um, but yeah, given um, John Steenhazen's performance, I think. Um, Maybe he should step down, um, or maybe they maybe they should adopt another strategy. But I think the thing about the DA is that ever since, I think from 2016, 2016 they did very very well, and then from that period, that that's when things just went into disarray, and now they're like in free fall and they're trying to really, you know, like when someone like falls down a cliff and they're trying to like hold on to some of the rocks that that that, that are on the wall. Mm. And that's basically what um, the, the DA are trying to do. It's like they're trying every strategy, and it just seems not to be working. They tried with Musi Maimani, and it didn't work. And then now they're trying with John Steenhazen, trying to go back to the classical liberal uh, stance, and it also seems not to be working. I just think people are kind of fed up. And it's also the same thing with the ANC as well, not delivering, always going back to the 1994 promise and everything like that. I think people are just tired, and they want something new. And that's why we're seeing the smaller parties growing, like Action SA, uh, FF Plus, and so forth. I mean, even Patriotic Alliance, in my opinion, actually had some standing in um, the Johannesburg. Um, yeah, they did. The Johannesburg municipality as well. So I, I think people are just trying something new now because maybe they're just tired of the of the DA and the and the ANC.
Now, can we just talk about uh, like specific areas now? I just want to talk about Swanet quickly for a second because that's also neck and neck. <laughs> okay, so everybody in Swanet was hoping that this would be something clear cut and there would be a 50 plus one for whoever. But the ANC are 33.8%, the DA 32.8%. So they'll each get like 46 and 34 seats in there. But the rest have no seats. So what are they going to do? What are they going to do for those seats? How are they going to get that? How are they going to sure. get that council functioning at this point? That that sounds to me like it's very messy. How are they going to make that work? My word of the day: omni shambles. We're going to see an omni shambles across the board. This is this election, guys. Is the results of this election are bad for the parties? Mm-hmm. But I promise you, they're even worse for for us South Africans mm-hmm. sitting in our in our little like behind our picket fences where we have picket fences. It's even worse for us because it really does say that there are a lot of South Africans out there who are not feeling heard, who are not feeling represented, and they're going to take to the streets. Yeah. But isn't that but isn't that good for us? Is don't we have no. to get to the point where people have had enough? Don't we have to get to the point of going, actually, fuck this. We're sick and tired of um, uh, incompetence. We're sick and tired of theft. Because if that doesn't get to that point, then no one's going, No, one, there will be no change. I think we need to get to rock bottom. I think we need to get to the worst to get to the best. I think the next two, three years must be shit. People must be unhappy. Hmm. And by the time we get to national elections, people mustn't vote for ANC. But we need to get to rock bottom. We can't be meandering in. We are not. We are not happy-ish. No, bruh. People must be not happy. <laughs> Keep it through to flipping the next national elections. Kick the fucking ANC out and move on. Because now, I, look. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm an extremist. I hate them so much. I'm sorry. <laughs> hate them so much. <laughs> um, I just want to uh, just comment on that quickly. I think um, that's actually a good point, uh, Sevai. Uh, I think the 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 challenge now is that uh, people. Um, are disgruntled and now they're doing it in a soft way they by not voting they're just like you know what i don't need to actually go and vote because it's this is ridiculous it's you know i mean but the thing is that i mean the the paradox of that is if everybody thinks like that then there won't be any change but if everybody actually votes then there would be some change anyway but i think um just going to that point we we have to um i, I think right now i think people are pissed off as civil as you're saying I think we are already at that point and they're doing so by not voting and because it's already so bad right now. And I think the voter turnout actually shows that already. So the the next two to three years, I think it it might even be low. I mean, we might even have 40% turnout. Um, and, uh, but it's already bad as it is now, as you mentioned. Yeah. That's what I think. So guys, go ahead, Sif. Yeah. So for me, like, I, 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 I grew up in, uh, so I grew up in Kukuletu, Lange, which is a township. And then when we were allowed, we moved into a white area. We, I, I, I was voting with a lot of white people and there was this anger and there was this like, like this is payback in the line. It's like, there was this like vibe of going, this is how we, this is how we get them back. You know what I mean? And I, I wonder in the, in the national elections, when the national elections come around, do you think people are going to, I hope people don't come back and go, no, the ANC was in trouble. It was embarrassing. Let's get them back in. I hope it doesn't, that doesn't happen because then we're just going to be going backwards. 
So the, the, what you're talking about also, Siv, is again what we see in the numbers when we look at who voted and where. There's a huge gap between the people who voted. So kind of in the suburbs, people showed up in numbers to vote mm-hmm. and, and they were, you know, they were like calling the manager. But <laughs> what you saw in... Can I see the manager? <laughs> no, this, this is what it was. That was the vibe in the queue, right? That was the vibe yeah, in yes, the queue. It was, it was, it was. I was also like voting in the suburb, supposed to vote in the suburb. But what you see also across the board is you see in the townships, in the rural areas, people just not showing up. People yeah. just not showing up. And the feedback that the, that the political parties need to hear from this very loud sound that is coming from the voters is that you are not talking to me. You are not addressing my needs and you are not telling me how you are going to change the situation. That's what they're saying by not showing up. They're just saying, I'm, I don't know what to vote for because I don't know what y'all stand for. I don't know what you stand for. I don't know what you can do differently. So I'm just going to, y'all can have your party over there. But are we giving them too much? That's what are, we giving, about- are we giving those people who didn't pitch too much credit? Are, are they actually analyzing or are they just lazy? They're like, ah, well, no. no just I it's they're not lazy. No, they're they're, this, they are making they're a decision, yeah. and their decision is yeah, there okay. is nobody out there who is meeting my needs. They're not lazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. And okay, they're not about, not what, thinking. What, okay, so, we, so, okay, so we've spoken about political parties. We've spoken about voters. Mm-hmm. Can we speak about speak about the IEC quickly? Because do you not think they owe us more? to help educate people about how things work. Because let me be honest, the lady above, um, she's the one who's explained to me, because I, last time I voted, I registered at one high school and then I voted at another primary school. It was fine. That was for national elections. When I went to the same school that I voted for, they were like, ah, you must go to the other school. I didn't even know that. And I'm a reasonably educated person. Does the IEC not owe us for the next three years to be educating the masses? Sif, so, am I the lady above? Oh, us. No, no, no. So, just a moment. Me, just a moment. Am I the lady above? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Above, above my head in this thing. The lady, the lady <laughs> is here. This lady is above me here. Sorry, that was a very lemon and herb comment. I want to apologize for that lemon and herb comment. <laughs> <laughs> That is the job of the no. That is the job of the of the IEC. The job of the IEC yes. is to educate the voter. Yeah. The job of the IEC is to get people vote on the voters' roll. That is the job of the IEC. And the one thing that we also have to be very vigilant of is the fact that the ANC guys has been pervasive in its rot. It has permeated through every single part of our country and the structures of our country. Mm-hmm. This is I always. <clears throat> Y'all, we gotta stand out too. You know, you can, you can, vo- you can volunteer. You can be, a, you know, you can go and be an IEC um, volunteer, so that it is not just up to the comrades who have been uh, deployed into all of these various positions. Because then the IEC could also become a player, and they could also become a factor. Because. You know, they're holding all the cards. Huh. Here's uh, Lieto, who says the IEC owes us so much, not just education. Pumi is above us all. So it's not just. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Dumo, can I ask you something on, on this? 
Because this is a related thing that came up on the show on Tuesday morning. We were talking with uh, Lebang and with uh, Yatish about how we, we don't actually study civics in South Africa. Nobody teaches us these things at school. We should have a course where we learn about how, what we're actually voting for. Like, what, what is a ward councillor? How do municipalities work? What does it mean if you've got a seat in a municipality? How do the votes work? How do budgets get allocated? What is the difference between national, provincial, and local when it comes to politics? And who has the most power and who has the most influence on your day-to-day life? And then there's also this question, guys, which I, I kind of – this is two parts. Uh, the first part to Dumo. And then the second part to all of us. The ANC has, according to a lot of pundits, become a, a rural party. And – even though there's low turnout, the ANC still gets a, a lot of support from outlying areas. In other words, if you look at the cities, and particularly those parts of the cities where employment is to be found, where people have jobs, where people have cars, where people have houses, where people have microwaves, all that kind of thing, those parts of South Africa are very clearly not ANC strongholds. So it means that the ANC is appealing either through party loyalty or because people – are just stuck and they don't know. Maybe there's no one else competing in that particular ward. Those are the areas where the ANC matters. Why do you think that is and what message do you think they're going to take for the next election, if any, from those pe- people in those places? Gary, <laughs> quickly, sorry, so I have to jump in quickly. So, uh, quickly, so I spoke to a lady the other day who, was, who said to me, um, I, I, was in the, I was in the KZN, she said, in the rural area, she said, I vote for the ANC because if I don't vote for the ANC, they are the government, and the government gives me my pension. So it goes back to voter education. They need to know right. with or without the ANC, you're still going to get your pension. Mm-hmm. And the 350 rand you got, if the ANC wasn't there, you were still going to get the 350 rand, right? <laughs> and the, the, the bad service. You know, and lastly, I think a lot of people in the rural area still think they're voting for Nelson Mandela. I promise you. I'm, I'm, I'm I am sure they think they're voting for Matiba. I am telling you, they don't know Matiba's dead. So before, before we absolutely run out of time, I do think that we need to have a conversation about the independence because uh, Siv brought up Musimai Mane and One South Africa. And one of the things I do think that Musimai Mane and One South Africa missed a trick on this one because there is an opportunity for independence. But we're also so used to a a singular thing, you know, a holding pattern as it were. Because what what the independence, what voting for independence actually also means is that you're voting for a person within a system that they're going to have to work. They're going to have to work the system, very much like the coalitions that we are talking about now. Mm -hmm. Voting for an independent, we already know that they lose out on the proportional representation aspect, right? Because you can only vote for the one person and they don't, they're not represented in the proportional representation. Even when an independent makes it to the top, they still have to work within a coalition because they need to corral all of these various people to vote with them when budgets are being voted for, when services are being voted on in the council, they still have to quarrel. That means you have to be an incredibly strong and astute politician to be able to get anything done as an independent. And I think Musi would have done better with his one South Africa. And, and we had this conversation with Lieto, when we had Lieto on here, mm-hmm. where the, it was just the weak 
as they came out to say these are the various independents that they mm. are supporting. And Leah just said, I'm even more confused yeah. about how the one South Africa thing would work. That's that's also the kind of feeling I think that a lot of people went into the voting booth with, a, a feeling that says, yeah, but how's this thing going to work? Who am I actually really voting for? Is this, is this Musi that I'm voting for? Or is it this particular individual and everybody had their own banner and their own name and their own this? And I, I think it's going to take a lot more education for people to understand how the independents are going to work at the national election stage. Yeah, I mean, right. Let was saying, uh, they literally go out and tell people their grants and RDP houses will be taken back. This is to Siv's point. Mm. So, Dumo, um, on, on the question of, of it being a rural party, what do you, what do you make of that? What's, what would your strategy be if you were the spin doctor for the ANC? <laughs> <laughs> it would be exactly that. <laughs> you were Pulemabe. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if it's a rule, if it's, I mean, look, I, I don't want to sound condescending, but I think this is what they do. They go in to say, um, we're going to take away your RDP and um, your and, and your grants as well. Um, and I think that that's what works. I mean, because they know that many people in the rural areas, um, not that all of them struggle to survive, but I mean, you know, having a house and having money to buy some food is very important for them. And if they can say that the next man who's, if you don't vote for the ANC, that'll be taken away, it actually works quite well with them. And then going back to the, the point about just education as well, I think with regards to the IEC, I mean, the IEC can do better. I mean, I just went through their YouTube channel now. They don't get good engagement, but they need to do better. I mean, it's as simple as going on to Google ads and just promoting a video. You know, um, just be present on social media platforms as well and going out there. Because, I mean, now people don't know how um, this thing works. As we mentioned, like for the national elections, um, they they vote somewhere else and nothing happens. And then for the local one, when you vote at the same place, they tell you to go vote somewhere else. Right. I mean, basics like that. I mean, that should be taught. And then also, if they really want to have some civics courses, um, they can start with life orientation. I mean, when I was in high school, yeah. I mean, life orientation was that subject that no one really cared about. They didn't really talk about important <laughs> stuff. So they can start there. You know, just get, you know, in fact, just turn it into the IEC. You know, I don't know. You can call it civics or whatever, but just replace it with life orientation and then actually do a test. And if you fail, you need to write it again or something like that. So you know how this democratic system works. Um, that's the best way, in my opinion. So the, 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 for me, the best civics lesson, the best civics lesson, life orientation lesson for me, for the last, for the matric, imagine being in a matric. Mm -hmm. You're 17 and you're 18, right? And you're about to write your matric exams and you are busy writing in the dark, right? Because yeah. ESCOM is not switching on the lights. Those motherfuckers are going to be doing voting in the, na in the national elections. And I hope those young kids remember that they were voting in the dark because of the flipping government. So they said they have to vote in the, in the national elections, they can vote against the ANC because they that's a great civics lesson. That is precisely why I said there's tectonic shifts coming in the next election. Because, again, you know, if you think about it, people born in 2000 will be 24 in 2024. They have known, what is it now, 14 years of load shedding? Yeah. Yep. That they have known. They have known water cuts. They have known potholes in the road. And they have no cooking clue 
about what life was like before there was an ANC government. So, you know, to convince that guy to not vote for the ANC is not going to be so difficult. But you've also got to convince them. You know, the thing about it is also, which the politicians need to learn as well, is we cannot, what we saw in this election is really a politics of fear. So fear mongering, playing to our worst fears. What we need is we need a political ideology that'll also kind of, you know, that, that'll, that'll expand on our hopes, expand on what we can do, what we can achieve as South Africans. Cause again, that's what, what young people, that's what young people gravitate towards, right? They don't gravitate towards the, it could be worse. They, they're young. They don't give a shit. I mean, they, they have their whole lives ahead of them. And that's what they're looking for. They're looking towards building rather than kind of maintaining what they have. And that's what the fear is. The fear says you can maintain what you have or you can get back to what it used to be. Young people want to know what the future holds. Well, um, so you guys haven't mentioned, which I'm quite surprised, you haven't mentioned anything about KZN. I saw a great tweet that said, KZN politicians have been killing themselves for the last few months. When they didn't, it said, it said ANC politicians have been killing themselves for the past few months when they didn't know there would be no jobs to die for. Oh, sure. I thought that was, <laughs> wow. imagine yeah. that. Killing that someone deep. because you thought you were going to get his job, but then you don't have a position because yeah. they voted you out. Mm-hmm. Ah, 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 that's a tweet and a half. Well, that's why it's a yeah. matter of life and death for some of these politicians because they can't do anything else. That's all they can do. Mm. You know, you, you, we think about that and we, we kind of uh, consider ourselves fortunate, I suppose, because we can go out into the private sector and get jobs. Many of these people who've been in government for like 20 years, that's all they know. It's all they can do. And they're not very useful in anything else. So they'd have to kill someone in order to keep their job. It's pretty terrifying. So, um, all right, we'll, yeah. we'll talk. I think, Pumi, we must catch. We must catch up with uh, Lieto uh, next week because... He says, I see. He says the yeah. ANC won. <laughs> he says they only lost one ward, and then they switched off the water yesterday. You know, uh, Leto's in, in, in Velkom. I mean, we, we laugh, but the, the, the man is just beside himself. He says the people of that right. neighborhood, there's just no other way for them. There's no way out for them, and they're stuck. Uh, I do also want to – let's give – you know, we, we gave the IEC some trouble just a second ago. I think we're all agreed that these elections were free and fair, and there were people who said – you know, that there would be election tampering and all the rest of it. And ballot boxes went missing. And we had very few incidents. There were one or two. There were a couple of complaints laid. But I think we can say fairly that, that the election was, you know, more or less uh, above board. There was nothing really uh, crooked going on. Do you agree with that? That's something to be proud of. We've kind of taken that for granted as well. This is one of the things that, you know what, you can't, it's like, Garrick, it's like saying, mm. I went to this hospital and it was really clean. <laughs> no, it's supposed to be clean. The yeah, elections okay. are supposed <laughs> right. to be free and fair. It is yeah, the okay. job of the IEC. Can we please, can we please not reward fish for swimming? Aye. Yeah. yeah, I like that. <laughs> mm. I take care of my kids. You're supposed to, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's their job. They have simply done their job. They've showed up to work today. Well done to them. Bullshit. Oh, that's yeah. supposed to be free and fair. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you know, you know, you know guys, maybe compared me, to other yeah. African countries, we, we free and fair. That's like, I think relative to other countries, yeah. we are free and fair. Yeah. I because that, I know, like, you know, I've heard wow. of shocking stories in other African countries where it gets pretty violent. Hmm. 
<laughs> you have stuffing uh, it back. By now, I'll be dead. Yeah, I'll be dead. I'll be dead. I'll be dead by now. Sylvan Gacy accidentally fell out of his 16th floor apartment in Cape Town. Reason mm. a tweet. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we exactly are lucky. Right. We are lucky. So but, I want to say one more thing. This, Go is, on. this is a, this, okay. One, one, one thing. Uh, you know, guys, my biggest worry in the next two to three years is the average person on the street is going to be paying so much to feed their child, right? Mm. Uh, paying so much to, to for a loaf of bread, for milk, for for basic necessities. They're already paying so much money to get to work and back, right? I think it could get to the point that those those uh, KZN riots, bro. If you're a mother and you're a father and you're struggling to feed your kids, bro, they're not going to wait for elections and go. Wait a minute, I'm going to wait to vote now, bro. You're going to take to the streets. And if you can't feed your child, let's see if a cross on a ballot is going to be making, changing the difference when you can't feed your children and you can't get to work because it's so expensive. And then we're going to re, because re, they, they lifted up the petrol the other day. Mm-hmm. The number is, just, I don't know. I, the, the number is known. The number is known, Siv, that we have over 30 million South Africans living on less than 20 rand a day. 30 million South Africans living on less than 20 rand a day. That's half the population. So if you think that's bad, the half of the population that is living on more than 20 rand a day is in a very precarious position because if every other person you meet in the streets is looking at you like you have what I should be having, you have what more than I should be having. That is where the problems are. Mm-hmm. That is where the yeah. problems begin, my friend. 20 rand. I bought a packet of zoo biscuits for 45 rand yesterday. Yeah. I do it every night. A slab of chocolate for 25 rand. So for me, guys, as we can say what we want on this platform, but when the man on the street or the woman on the street cannot feed their children, ha <laughs> we wish they could only answer at the ballots. Yeah. When yeah. they start burning shit, yeah, and taking shit. But as Pumi says, now I sound like a white person. What's happening? No, but you're right. you are right, and and Pumi makes the point too that this is a pressure valve. These elections they do allow people to to release some of that pressure. I certainly hope that this election, if nothing else, um, has shown that South Africans are dissatisfied with what the options are on the menu. We want to go to a new restaurant, and all these parties can take a big lesson out of this. Except perhaps you could argue that Action SA and the Freedom Front. Plus, you know, apart from them, because they've increased their and and for the, for Action SA, they've they've pulled a pretty good showing for their first election. Uh, the rest of them have a lot to prove. A lot. Now, now we just have to now we have to watch Action SA and how they do. I hope they do well. I really do. I hope that they they're able to to pull it all together. They're able to deliver on some of those promises that they made. Mm. Because if they do, if, because if they do, then they will do very well. They yeah. will do well in the in the national elections. But I'm not I, I'm not holding my breath because I don't think a coalition of the disgruntled will get us where we need to be. And that's what we're going to see across all of those councils where people are coalitions. It's coalitions of the disgruntled. And you kind of, you know, we've got to activate. We've got to activate the good in order to attract good rather than kind of dealing with all of what we are angry about. And speaking of good, speaking of good, poor old Patricia DeLille, hey, not, not a great showing for her either. But then she's hopped parties so many times, people didn't know what the good party was. 
She shouldn't have taken the ministerial position. Mm-hmm. She shouldn't have taken yeah. the ministerial position. That's Agreed. the thing that made her lose face. Yeah. That's that's like Sekolisi taking another captaincy position in another country. Mm, no one's yeah. going to believe him when he plays for our country. That's just a ridiculous move. Yeah. But <laughs> I, there's a reason why uh, Cyril did it. But for me, back to Herman. I find Herman, I'm going to say this, maybe because I'm biased because of my friend Musi. I, I find Herman as a very arrogant man. I think his ego is going to get him. <laughs> I, 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 get, I, get, I get ego vibes and big, uh, uh, big dick syndrome. I think his ego is gonna fuck him in this thing, bro. I get, I get that feeling, bro. I'm sorry. I, I said it already I said has. It. I said it. I said it. All right. it I, but it already ego, has. He's, he's a, he's a businessman. He's a businessman. And why is Cyril so quiet? <laughs> Family meeting. <laughs> exactly. All right. Exactly. Uh, My dear South Africans. Uh, <laughs> but you know, Cyril. Just one last thing. One last thing. Right, so Cyril may be very quiet, <laughs> but my God, it was it was fantastic to watch Figile Mbalula at every single moment. Every time he got a camera and a microphone in his face, he was just like Cyril. <laughs> <laughs> just one last word. For, 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 I love him for you, Dumo. I mean, what what is your takeaway since we've discussed much of the of the elections here and, and not very much else? There, there were so many other things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, U.S. politics, and I wanted us to get into the COP26 summit about climate change. Uh, yes. we, we'll have to save it for the next time. Today. But, we but couldn't today. I'm going to let yeah. let Duma because I feel like I feel like Duma's had the least amount of airtime. You have the final say. Go ahead, Duma Denga. It's over to you. Yes, um, Greg, Greg. Thanks for having me on. But yeah, this election was a good one, and I hope this trend continues into the next one, and hopefully in the future we can have. Um, coalitions in power, and th- which would mean no new laws um, being implemented. So I'm happy about <laughs> no that. No new thank laws. You. That's a good thing. It, yes. All right, everybody. Thank you. Sivan Gessi, always good to see you, my friend. And keep well, keep stirring the shit, uh, because that's what you do. Uh, Dumo, it's always great to have you on. And make sure you don't miss uh, Dumo's uh, Man Patriot podcast. And Pumi Mashiho will be back next week with me for another episode of The Burning Platform. Thank you, everybody. Have an excellent day. And Down with the ANC. Down with the ANC. Down with the ANC. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Cliffcentral.com.